Good morning, everybody. Please stand with us this morning. We're so glad to have you here with us worshiping today.
great singing today. As we sing our next song, it is Emmanuel. Let's just praise the Lord for who he is and what he has done for us in our lives. All those years ago, Emmanuel coming to earth for each one of us, dying for each one of us, and preparing a place in heaven for each one of us. What hope we hold this starlit night A king is born in Bethlehem Our journey long we seek the light That leads to the hallowed manger ground What fear we felt in the silent age for hundred years can he be found but broken by a baby's cry rejoice in the hallowed manger ground Thankful that you're here today. 
Uh, would you please take the, the uh, friendship folders and pass, pass them down the aisle this morning? And uh, that will help us to better minister to you and your family. We're so glad that you're here. What a blessing it's been the month of December. We'd like to thank all who helped with the Christmas dessert theater. And, uh, I mean, people were making cookies over there, greeting, directing traffic, uh, acting, singing, everything that was so involved. Uh, we're just so thankful for our team here at the church. And uh, I just want to share with you that more than 20 people opened their hearts to Jesus Christ during the uh, Christmas dessert theater. Isn't that exciting? Let's give God a hand. We're just so thankful for that. That is... Uh, that, that is just, that, that's what we're all about here. That's why we exist, to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And Christmas Eve was just incredible, standing room only here in the church. And uh, it, was, it was just a wonderful month of December. And we give God the honor and the glory. He's doing great things in our lives, great things in our congregation. And uh, I just want to encourage you with what God is doing. I know many, many people. There are people coming to Christ all over this place. And I'm excited about what God is going to be doing here in 2016. <clears throat> Just uh, by way of announcements, first of all, you'll see in the foyer there is our giving envelopes, the 2016 giving envelopes are out there on a table to the right. If you do not have, a, if your name is not on a giving envelope and you desire some giving envelopes, please fill out a card, put it in the in the can out there, and they will be sure to get you some giving envelopes. We're we're so thankful for your support to the church and uh, your faithfulness to God and, and tithe and uh, how that we're able to minister and touch lives around the world. So we thank you for your faithfulness and those, uh, those help, uh, help so much out there. The giving envelopes are out there. And then our next announcement is that Wednesday evening groups will resume on January the 6th. I will not have any group this week, but uh, we will be having them starting again on January 6th. So that means Canopy Kids, Connect Students, uh, our adult small groups that are meeting on Wednesday night. Those will uh, take a break this week. But when we do resume on January the 6th, there's a new group start, and that is called Financial Peace University. Uh, that begins on January the 6th. The information is in your bulletin, and uh, you can look that up and contact Adi Addy for more information. And um, that will be a fantastic course, uh, just in incredible when you get a handle on that area of life. And uh, Adi has been one who set a great example in that area, and we're happy that he's able to teach that course here at the church. So that'll be beginning January the 6th. On that Wednesday, that'll be the first Wednesday of the month, we're going to have our, our dinner over there like we have on every Wednesday, uh, the first Wednesday of every month. So if you're interested in that, you can go to our website and sign up for that, and we'll have sign-ups next week for that as well. But uh, enjoy the week off uh, this week before we get the new year started there, all right? And uh, then we have our birthday gift to Jesus offering. We're thankful to God. Look what God has been doing. We, we set our goal of 75,000, and to date we've had 43,218 come in. Let's give God a hand for the great progress. <clears throat> I... Uh, I rejoice with you. I know that that is a miracle when we see what God is doing. We set the school of 75,000, and we look at that, and we say, wow, that is really big. It's bigger than I am. It's bigger than our church. And you know what? God, when we come to God, we submit to Him, we just ask Him. It's been exciting to watch Him provide. And, 
And so we're, we're just asking you to do your part. Remember our four-part formula for success. Uh, first of all, to pray. Pray and ask God, what should I do? Uh, Lord, what can I do? How can I give to this offering? And then the second step here is to give more to Jesus than anybody else on your list. And while Christmas is over, you can still continue to give to Jesus. Um, we give to him all year round, uh, but this special offering will go to about the middle of January. And so as, you, as you're giving to the Lord, um, give more to Jesus than any single person on your list. Uh, then we also ask you to give by faith. Uh, step out and say, Lord, you know, God, if you'll provide $100, if you'll provide $500, if you'll provide 1000 or whatever number you ask the Lord, God, I'm going to step out in faith. If you'll provide this over and above uh, what I know that I have, uh, God, I'll give it to you. And it's amazing to watch God do that. I was talking to uh, somebody in our church that uh, they had prayed about a figure, and, and God gave them the figure. And, uh, and you know, when, when, when all of a sudden you, you get that money, you know, you, you say, all right, I'm, I'm going to give this, but boy, I know I could do something else with it. Did you ever do that? Or am I the only one? Am I the only human one, right? Okay, you get that money and say, Lord, if you, if you give that several hundred dollars, I'll give that over to you. And it comes in, and you're like, wow, but I could do this and this. And then this person said, all right, I'm going to follow God because he provided, and, and they gave it. And then all of a sudden, within the very same day, God met that same number again and provided for them again. So I just want to encourage you, step out in faith and ask the Lord to provide it and, uh, and, and watch, watch what he does. And then be thankful. Be, I'm so thankful that we're on the giving end, aren't you? That, that we're able to help orphans around the world. We're able to help children. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful for the land that we live in, for the surplus that God has given us, that we can reach other people and touch their lives. If you'd take out the, the, uh, the list there in the, in the middle of your bulletin there, the birthday gift to Jesus list, uh, just a few, a few ones I'd like to highlight this morning. We've been highlighting a different one each Sunday. Uh, the one I'd like to draw your attention to is in the, in the bottom block, the last grouping, and this is the 1040 window. This is Greg and Nancy Fritz. Uh, they're actually relatives of the Bakers, of, of, of Wade Baker, and, um, and they are strategizing how to get people into the 1040 window. If you're not familiar with the 1040 window, that's the, the, the longitudinal, latitudinal lines on the map there, which represent basically the Middle Eastern countries. And uh, in many of these countries, Christianity is illegal. Uh, you have in there, there's China, there's India, there's Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, uh, northern Sudan, Libya, uh, all the way, all, all these many countries there. And many of them are just so dark. The gospel is not, it's not like we can go out and sing Christmas carols here and, 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 and share our faith. Over there, it's in many places illegal to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we have to be creative. We have to get people to go in as businessmen. We have to get people to go in and uh, go behind these closed doors to live life and to minister and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And I want to share with you the good news is that in those countries, God is doing a great work right now. And while it's not the same type of work he's doing here uh, outwardly, openly, there's an underground movement that God is doing in a powerful way. So I want to encourage you as, as, you, as we support Greg and Nancy Fritz, we have a representation uh, trying to minister to that block. Uh, you also notice on here that we have several in Haiti, uh, you know, one of the poorest countries in our hemisphere, Haiti. And uh, when you think of Haiti, I always think of Pastor Francois. We've supported the rent on his church for the past 25 years. 
Uh, when I was in high school, I came back, and I'll never forget, I, I went to Haiti. It was on a missions trip, like we take trips to Ecuador. Went to Haiti and took, took this missions trip with the church here. And I, I came back, and I was so burdened because I, I saw this church, and it was, it was uh, the man, I heard that he rented it. It was just a, a, a hole in a wall, and there wasn't even doors on it and windows, and we'd be having church, and you could just see people coming to hear the music, hear the preaching, and, and I was so moved as a young person. So I came back, and I started having bake sales at our Christian school over there. Uh, when we had South Hills Christian School, I would go in, I, I had bake sales, and I rounded up kids and said, bring in cupcakes and cookies, and we'll sell them, and the money we make, we'll send to help start paying this guy's rent on a church. And here we are, 25 years later, still supporting that. Isn't that exciting? And uh, I didn't know that, that the church picked that up. When I went to college, I was like, you know, like any other college kid, just off to college. I, I didn't even think where I was leaving off of that. And, uh, and the church picked that up and has been supporting them ever since. We're feeding orphans in Haiti. We feed orphans in the Philippines. You've done it to the least of these. You've done it unto me, Jesus said. And I want you to, I just want to encourage you with what God is doing in our church and what he's doing with you. So as we give unto the Lord, uh, just be encouraged at, at his work around the globe and uh, just how important it is. And we thank you, our church. We thank you for being faithful. We thank you for praying over this. Uh, what, what an incredible thing that we get to take while our, our culture is consumed with commercialism. Uh, we get to take a little bit and invest. Invest in eternity and make a difference around the globe. So we're thankful for, for you, our church, for your support of the church, for your support of the missions and all that God is doing here. So let's receive our morning offering as our ushers come forward today. Uh, please stand with me as we receive the, the morning offering. <clears throat> as the offering comes your way this morning, if you are a guest, feel free to let that pass you by. Uh, this, is, this is for our regulars, and as we come before the Lord, it's an act of worship. Maybe you gave online, maybe you gave in the mail, uh, or you're giving this morning. If you're trying to get in before the December 31st deadline, know that it has to get into there before the 31st deadline. That's all the, the accounting department. You can understand all that. But we are so thankful for your support here. Let's come to the Lord and pray this morning. Father God, I thank you so much for the work that you're doing. God, thank you that, that we can be on the giving end this morning. Thank you for the 43000 that you've already brought in in the, in the way you're working on the people's hearts, and you're going to continue, Lord, to, to meet the needs. I thank you for the church in Haiti that we've sponsored for 25 years. People are probably right now opening up God's Word where we're paying the rent on that church. God, I thank you. Thank you that we're, you put that on our people's hearts. You put on our church to care for these many years. Lord, I think of the, the orphans right now in the orphanage in, Phil, in the Philippines. As we provide meals for them in dormitories and love and care. God, thank you that, that we could be on the giving end. God, I thank you for your people this morning as they give to support our church on a regular basis as they give of their tithes and offering to support your work, Lord. Um, we come before you and we, we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for providing. You are Jehovah Jireh, our God provides. And we honor you. We bless your name this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, please.
shepherds gave reverence A message to the Lamb A widow held and cherished The God who became a
we've been on a series. The series is called He Will Be Called. And if you have your Bibles, head on over to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's been our theme verse for the month of December as we have been celebrating Christmas and celebrating the birth of a king. Uh, we've been looking at who, does, who, who, who is this king and the description of this king. And uh, as, as we prepare to read it, I want to remind you that this verse was written 700 years before Jesus was born. 700 years before Jesus comes to the earth, the prophet Isaiah states and tells us, he gives us a glimpse of what he will look like. He gives us a, a glimpse of what the Messiah will look like. Let's, uh, let's read it together off the screen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. May I encourage you, if you haven't memorized that, you almost did. I made you repeat it for the past three weeks, right? If you haven't memorized it, memorize it. That is a good verse to memorize because when we get to hear who is Jesus, you see, the prophet Isaiah is telling us this is the coming Messiah. This is the coming King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, his names reveal who he is. The names of God reveal to us who he is. And so we started out with the wonderful counselor. We, we took a look there and we said, this is our wonderful God and how wonderful and awesome he is. And, uh, and yet he is also our counselor. He will guide us. He tells us that if we'll submit to him and to his leadership, he'll guide us. Acknowledge him in all his ways and he'll direct your path. Um, and, and then we, he'll, he'll, be our, he'll be your counselor. We looked last week at the Prince of Peace. We said he is the Prince of Peace. Uh, and you know what, I think during Christmas we need peace more than any other time of year. Uh, it seems to be the busiest time of year. It seems to be the time when things fall apart the most, uh, just because we're running at the speed of light. And uh, we need the Prince of Peace at Christmas and every day of our life. And that's who Jesus is. He is the Prince of Peace. And then today we're going to look at, we're going to focus on the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. We stopped and we talked a little bit uh, throughout the Lord's Prayer. When we were going through the Lord's Prayer, we actually talked a good bit about how that He is our Heavenly Father and how that, how that we can get to call God our Father and the personal, intimate relationship that we can have with our Heavenly Father. But here today, we're going to stop and look at the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He's the Father of eternity. Uh, he didn't begin at the manger. Uh, the manger was when His humanity began, but He was present at creation. He was 100% God and 100% man. Now I want you to think about that. When Jesus came to this earth, He was born of a baby. He had already existed. And the Scriptures tell us that He had existed at creation. John chapter 1 says that not only had he existed at creation, that he was present at it, and everything was made through him. So we see he was an agent of creation. He was part of the, part of the creation process. Jesus was there. So here's Jesus, existed in eternity past, always was, always will be, and he comes down to earth in the manger. 
And he is the everlasting father. And the, the, the understanding here about everlasting is that anything of eternal significance comes from Jesus. If you want to have eternal value, eternal significance, you have to get to know Jesus. He's the father of eternity. Eternity originates from him. He is the everlasting father. But today we're going to look at the fact that he is the mighty God. He is mighty. And when we think of might, we we think of a powerful, a powerful God. And he is. He has the power to execute his wise plans. The wonderful counselor has the plan. And now the mighty God executes them. And so we see this character of God himself. Over in Jeremiah 32, verse 17, the prophet Jeremiah prays a prayer to the Lord. And he prays this. He says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power, your outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too difficult for God. Now, now as we think about that, that word, ah, ah, Lord God. Would you say that word with me? Ah, ah. You guys are pretty good at that, you know? Try that again. All right, you got that down, all right? Ah. But you know what? The, the word there is actually, it's kind of like, aha. Try that with me. Aha, okay? Now, the, the, the meaning behind this word there is kind of like in pain. You, you, you have, you've been around somebody in pain? It's, it's like, aha. The prophet comes before the Lord uh-huh. He, he's, he's like in agony. There's, there's a degree of pain here. And he says, Ah, uh-huh. Lord God, nothing is too difficult for you. And I want you to understand that the nation of Israel went through some terrible times. The nation of Israel walked away from God, came back, walked away, came back. And they went through this cycle. And, it was, and when they would walk away from God, times would be extremely difficult. And the prophet Jeremiah comes before the Lord and says, Ah, ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens. In the midst of his despair, in the midst of pain, he's able to come before the Lord and say, Behold, you have made the heavens, and by, it was by your great power, by your, straight, uh, by your outstretched arm, that the heavens and earth are made. There is nothing too difficult for you. Jesus is the mighty God. It is, uh, there's great power in the mighty God. And when we understand that this Jesus that came to us, the Messiah, he is the mighty God. And he has all the power that you will ever need. Luke chapter 1, verse 34, if you, you might want to turn over there. Luke chapter 1 and verse 34 um, uh, is where we'll begin. But here Mary is talking, and we're going to see a little bit of the mighty God and, and how even powerful he was in his coming but Mary had, uh, had had a discussion with the angel. And the angel told Mary that she was going to bear this child. And uh, Mary is questioning it, okay? Um, and we'll begin here, verse 34. And Mary says to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? So the angel's telling her that she's going to carry the Christ child, that she's going to carry the Messiah. And she says, Okay, how can this be? I haven't even had physical relationships. How will this be? I am still a virgin. And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. 
And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Um, Look at that first line there. For nothing will be impossible with God. Would you read that with me? For nothing will be impossible with God. That's a rather important statement that the angel says. Listen, she comes, Mary comes before, before the angel and says, How can this be? I can't comprehend this. This is too big. And the angel says, Listen, the God is going to do this. God is going to put Mary inside of Mary, the Christ child. This is going to be an act of the Holy Spirit. And not only that, but your cousin Elizabeth is going to have a baby. Hers isn't a virgin birth, but hers is a miracle too. Because hers is, she's barren. She's, she's an old woman. She's not supposed to have children. But God is going to do something there and perform a miracle. And so he, the angel says, listen, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And so even in his birth, Jesus comes in a mighty way. The virgin birth, it was a mighty, mighty way. Nothing will be impossible with God. But you see, we're seeing the characteristic of the mighty God. Even in his birth, he is mighty. And think with me this morning uh, about that phrase, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing is impossible for the hand of the Lord. He is almighty, he's powerful, and there is nothing that is impossible for him. Uh, We're going to look at a few characteristics of him. The first point in your notes was that Jesus is the mighty God. And then under there, there's a little list. The first one is he is all-knowing or omniscient, okay? He is an all-knowing God. He knows everything. He knows everything about you. Um, And what's kind of scary is he even knows your thoughts. Now, that's kind of interesting, that God even knows your thoughts. And look what Psalm tells us here, Psalm 139, beginning of verse 1. says, O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. Uh, Think about that. Even when I'm far away from you, Lord. When I feel far away from you, he knows your thoughts. Uh, You see when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. He knows everything you've done. He knows every place you've been, everything you're thinking, everything you're contemplating doing. You know what I am going to say before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Did you ever consider that here's Jesus and he is, he is the, the mighty God, all-knowing? A powerful God. He's omniscient. Uh, you know, uh, we were talking about this in our family. Uh, when Jesus was born, uh, you know, did he just come out and start talking right away? He was God. He had existed before, t- uh, before time began. He existed in eternity past. And so when he was born, did he just come out of his mother's womb and say, uh, Mary, could you get me a blanket? I'm cold. No. He grew. The Bible says that he grew and he developed. Uh, Luke chapter 2, 52 says that, uh, that he grew and developed in all ways like we do, emotionally, physically. Spiritually, he grew. He developed as a, as a human being. He was 100% God and 100% man. 
Now, I want you to think about that, being 100% God, but yet 100% man. I think we often think that uh, people at our, at our work, right? You've got to look at the people at your work and you say, well, the people around me, they're less than 100% human, aren't they? You know, they're, you know if, and, and listen, we all are less than 100% human because the, the perfect God, when Jesus came, he, he showed us how it was done. He was 100% human without sin. You see, we're fallen. We're fallen. We, we don't even understand what it would be like to live a life without sin. Uh, could you imagine if, uh, if, if, I, if I were 100% human, if I, had that, if I didn't sin? You know, my wife thinks she has it good now, you know? I mean, imagine what that would be like, right? Okay, you're supposed to relax, laugh there, right? Okay. Uh, you know, my kids, how much better of a dad they would have, you know? How much, how much more exciting life would be? My relationships in general, if I were not having to deal with sin. And that was what Jesus was. Jesus was 100% God and yet 100% man. So he was, he was what God intended it to be. He's 100% man, 100% God. He didn't lose his godness when he became man. He, he continued on and he was still God. The very essence of who he is is God. He is the mighty God. He is everywhere. He is omnipresent. Uh, he is every, he's ever-present. And when you think about that, uh, God is present with us here today, and he has the perfect capability of being present everywhere at the, in the world at the same time. And now that's, that's pretty exciting because here it is. We're having a worship time here. We're gathered around. We're singing these songs this morning honoring him. And across town, they're doing that in multiple places across Pittsburgh this morning at the same time. And not only is God here, he's in all those places as well. And he's also with our friends overseas, with the missionaries that we're praying over. And he's also with our friends in Ecuador. On Christmas Eve, we had a, we had a great Christmas Eve service here. I was, I was just thrilled. And I was sitting here while we were singing these songs, and, and we were just overwhelmed with this joy. And I thought, wow, what a special day, because all over the world, people are worshiping God in a special way. And you know what? God is present here. And he's present there. He's the only one that can do that. He is, he, he, is, he is everywhere. He's omnipresent. And when you think about this, how exciting it is. I was especially excited on Christmas Eve. We went home and, and I have this tradition. I let my wife wrap all the gifts. And, uh, and as, as, as she was wrapping all the gifts, um, it was 1130. And, uh, and, and I was downstairs and the landline rang. The, the phone rang. The landline which, you know, when somebody calls on the landline, it's either a telemarketer or an emergency, right? Um, and so I come flying up the stairs to get to the landline. And by the time I got up there, the phone, it, it, the, the people hung up. It's, so I'm like, I wonder who that was. It said, unknown caller. And then all of a sudden, my cell phone goes off. And here it's a Skype call from Ecuador. And they videoed. They did a video Skype call at 1130. I'm thinking, who's dying, you know? It's 11.30 at night on Christmas Eve. And as soon as it came on, the video came up and they had the guitar and there's about 15 of them gathered in Daniel Gonzalez's house. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. All right? And I'm telling you, I started singing with them. My wife's like, you don't have to scream. They can hear you, you know? And, 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 and what a fun time it was. But you know what happened? I saw that the presence of Christ was here 
And the presence of Christ was there. And there was a bond between us. And you know what that bond was? It was Jesus Christ. And so they, they, they were just wishing us uh, uh, the blessings of God. They were excited. They know how, what all's happening here. They follow us online. They can tell. They know more than we know probably. You know? It's, it's amazing. And, and, but they're praying for us. And I said, wow, this is the ever-present God. He's present here and he's present there. Um, that is the powerfulness of God. Psalm 139 verse 7 tells us this. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. You cannot escape the presence of God. That is so comforting. Uh, Isaiah 7, 14, 700 years before Jesus came, says this. Isaiah predicts. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us the ever-present God. Aren't you thankful today that God made his creation and didn't just step back? He, he didn't make his creation and withdraw and say, I, think, I, I wonder if I'll touch base with them once a year. He made his creation and he is ever-present. And the scriptures tell us in Hebrews 13, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He is ever-present with you. He's all-powerful. This is the mighty God. He's omnipotent. He is an all-powerful God. All power rests in Him. Psalm 147, verse 5. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. This is the mighty God. You see it right there? Great is our Lord, mighty, mighty in power. He is is the all-powerful God. He is able. He is a force that must be reckoned with. And uh, and He is in, in the person of Jesus. The mighty God. The second main point in your notes there is that Jesus, the mighty God, is at work in your life. As strong and powerful as he is, he is wanting to work in your life, and he is working in your life. Luke 2.11, notice this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And I want you to think about the way it's written there. It says, for unto you. It's personal. Unto you. Christ is wanting to work in you. This wasn't just a historical event. Yes, it was a historical event that changed everything. We have, it is the the crux of our timetable, B.C. and A.D., right there. Christ is right there. Um, Everything changed because of Christ. It was the greatest historical event that ever happened, but it was so much deeper than a historical event. It was a personal event. Unto you a Savior is born. Christ wants to work in you. This personal, this child was given for you. Philippians 2.13 For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. What does it say there? God who works where? In you. He works in you. For what? to do his, both to will and to do his good pleasure. So you may be struggling. You know what, there's, there's things in life that you're struggling with, uh, areas that, you're, that you say, you know, as you look at the new year, you're thinking already, what am I going to work on for the next year, you know? Um, there's some areas that we're all struggling with. 
God is the one who works in us. And I'm so thankful for that because I go up and down, up and down. I, we deal with these things you do, we all do. And God says, I'm the one. You can, be, you can rest in me because the, he is. It's the mighty God who is working in you to accomplish his purposes. I, I can't please God on my own. I come before him. His good pleasure is a result of his work in my life. I think sometimes we have a misconception that life will be easy. I think sometimes we have this conception that, that we will come before God and um, if we follow God, then my life will be easy and all my problems will go away. And nothing could be farther from the truth. Because Jesus himself, he came to this earth and from the very moment he was born on the earth, they were after him. Uh, think about this. Here, here, was, here was King Herod. King Herod wanted to get rid of him right away. Uh, he heard rumor that a little baby was born that was to be the king. And so he went around killing all the babies, two years, baby boys, two years and under. Uh, that, that's quite a tough way to start your life, under the threat. Uh, and then he goes further on into his adult life and his ministry, and the, the religious leaders are after him. Now, here's Jesus. He's perfect. He's never done anything wrong. And the religious leaders said, uh, you're not good enough. <laughs> you don't fit into us. Uh, you, 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 you broke the, the law. You walked across the grass on the Sabbath. Whoa, wait a minute. This is the Son of God you're talking about here. The long-awaited Messiah. He never once said a cross word. He never once uh, uh, did anything wrong. And, the, and these religious leaders are after him. Try to live your life like that. And they chased him all the way to the cross, nailing him to the cross, dying a criminal's death. You want to talk about suffering and pain. Talk about loneliness and abandonment. He faced all of that. And he did that all the way to the cross. And then he proved his mightiness. He proved that he was the mighty God by rising from the dead. You see, God's power is real. Sometimes we just don't see it. God is at work in your life. Sometimes you just don't see it. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Oh, that phrase shows up again. According to his power that is at work where? Within us. Within me. It is his power. And so when we start to see his power, what does God do? He does more than we could ask or think. We like to direct your attention here when we're talking about prayer because we're supposed to come, we're supposed to pray. In the new year, 2016, I encourage you, pray and seek the Lord. What will He do in your life this year? I believe He wants to do immeasurably more than what you could ask or think. That's what Ephesians 3.20 says. But it's not according to what you're going to do. It's not according to your plan. It's according to the plan of God. It's according to the work of the power that is within us. Um, Jesus, the mighty God, is at work in your life. And I think sometimes we face sufferings. Maybe today you've come in here and you, you've faced some, some suffering and, uh, and you're, you're pa facing some pain. And I want to encourage you today that the mighty God is wanting to work in your life. And further, Jesus, the mighty God, works even in your weakness. Even in your weakness. Wow. When I am weak, the mighty God is at work. He has all the might and all the power. Uh, Isaiah verse 40, 
uh, chapter 40, verse 29, says this, He gives power to the weak. Would you read that first line with me? He gives power to the weak. You notice he doesn't say, He gives power to those that have it all figured out. And by the way, if you're looking at somebody else that you think has it all figured out in, in spiritual, you know, this, this is a really good question, uh, I'll give you a little secret. They don't. Nobody does. We're heading in the right direction. We're, going, we're following Christ. The only one who has it figured out was Jesus. And that's why we're followers of Jesus. And so uh, uh, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Don't try to be like another person. Try to be like Christ get his character in our life. But look what he says here. He says, for those that are weak, he gives, gives power to the weak. That's a very interesting concept. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Okay? He gives strength, the theme of the weakness here. Even the youth shall fail, shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall utterly. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. They shall not faint. The idea is failure through loss of inherent strength. You know, we set out that God's not telling us just to lay down and do nothing. You get running. And you know, when you see a young person doing, doing their activity, you see them with the energy, it's really awesome. You know, I, I'm looking, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm only 47, but, you know, that's not old. But I'm a year older than I was last year. I don't know how that happens, you know. So, you know, I just, but I'm looking back and I watch these people in their 20s. They're doing circles around me. And I'm all of a sudden saying, how did that happen? And then I know what's coming because in 25 years, I'm going to look back and say, way to go, guys, you know. I'll be cheering them on. But you know what happens? Even the young, with all the energy that they have, what's he say there? Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Uh, and, and the young men shall utterly fall. The idea here is like an athlete, like an Olympic athlete. When you see an Olympic athlete who is just running so hard, even an Olympic athlete gets tired. Even an Olympic athlete will fall. And what does he say there? But those who wait, okay, this, this word wait, some, some, some renderings use the word hope. Those who hope on the Lord, our hope is in the power, the almighty power of God, the mighty God. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like the eagles. Uh, you know, the eagle is a very interesting bird because it, even in its old age, it gets new feathers. And it has a, an incredible look to it. It has remarkable strength. Renew means to exchange. Exchange your weakness for his strength. And as we wait, as we hope before him, God enables us to soar. When there is a crisis... To run when the challenges are many and to walk faithfully in the day-by-day demands of life. It's much harder to walk in the ordinary pressures of life than to fly like the eagle in a time of crisis. You know, when you think of that eagle flying and, and, you know, in a crisis we can soar, but every day we have to get up and we have to go to work and we have to go through the mundane things of life. And, uh, and that is where God wants to give us strength is right there. Not just in those major, major crises, but in the everyday crisis. In the everyday, I don't want to go to work, but I have to. 
In the everyday, I, I, I have tough situations. In the everyday, my marriage, I have to communicate. In the everyday, with my kids, I have to communicate. In the everyday pressures of society and life that we live in, we need to be looking for his strength. William Carey says this. He was the father of modern missions. He says, I can plod. That is, the only, that is my only genius. I can persevere in any, definite, in any definite pursuit. To this I owe everything. I can plod. In other words, William Carey, he was the father, uh, the father of modern missions. In other words, he went out and he started something and God did some great things behind him. And today we have this incredible missions movement. But this guy said, look, I'm not too good. I don't soar. I'm not like the eagle who soars, but I'll tell you what, I'll show up and I'll go to work every day and I'll just be faithful and I'll pray and I'll go to the mission field and I'll just do what God's called me to do and I'll let his strength come on me and I'll wait for him and his power and his hope will be upon my life. And that's what happened to William Carey and the rest is history. It wasn't the heroes. You know, God, God has heroes out there for sure. There's certainly some heroes and we're the ones who make them heroes, aren't we? We're the ones who say, oh, that person, there, there must be something. In the meantime, God says, you know, the little, little old lady down the street who's living for God is just as much value as who we think is a hero. She's plotting and she's working every day for God. And the same for you. You know, we're just ordinary people. Ordinary people. God's power is in you even when you are weak. And may I say this? Especially when you are weak. His power is strong. Look what the Apostle Paul said. He said, each time, I, I, and, uh, here, this is from uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. He says this, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So I'm glad to boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ can work through me. He says, my pa- God said, my grace is all you need. He had a thorn in the flesh. He asked God for three times, Lord, would you remove this? Lord, would you remove this? And he kept coming back before the Lord. And the Apostle Paul says, let me tell you what God finally told me. He says that my grace is all you need. It is sufficient. My power works best in weakness. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, I can, can boast in my weaknesses. I can have pleasure in my weakness. Um, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. I want you to think about that. Maybe you have some hard things in your life that you're dealing with, and you're moving, you're moving forward, you're going one step at a time. I want to encourage you, as heavy and as troublesome and burdensome and the pain that you may experience, one step at a time. And God gives us the power for those steps. And don't try to think too far ahead. Try to think about the next step. And what has God taken me? Where has he taken me the next step? Because I can't take the fifth step right now. I can take the next step. And as I keep walking on that journey, the power of Christ is with me, even in my weakness. And lastly this morning, the power of Christ, the Jesus, the mighty God, is working through you to reach those around you. Uh, Some of you did that. Some of you took a plate of cookies to your to your neighbors this Christmas. Some of you reached out in the name of Jesus and shared some love. Uh, maybe you invited somebody to the, uh, to the dessert theater. Maybe you invited somebody to Christmas Eve. Maybe they came, maybe they didn't. But you took a step of faith and God did something powerful. And God is going to continue to work. 
You can't see all that he's doing. He's doing something. You may not see it until till after we get to heaven. But God has done something really powerful because he is the mighty God. And you took a step of faith there. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, the witnesses to me, telling people everywhere, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so today, as we wrap up this year, 2015, I want to remind you that every member is a minister. Every person, every follower of Christ is a minister. Oh, yes, I may have the privilege to stand before you and and open God's Word, but you have the privilege to stand before those that you work with and open God's Word, to open your mouth, to drop a line for Jesus. Every member is a minister. And as we take that step of faith, who gives us the power? God does. God is going to give us the power. Colossians 1.27, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glories of Christ are for the Gentiles too. Uh, the Jews had first come to Christ, and now the apostles here are saying, listen, it was also for everybody else. And he says, he wanted them to know that too. And here's the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. See, whenever you get to go out and you get to share Christ with somebody, God gives you an opportunity, you get to drop a line, you get to say a word for him, it's not about saying the right things. You may get it all tongue-tied and twisted and backwards, right? You know how I know? I've done it. I get tongue-tied all the time. I talk too fast. I can't even keep up with myself. It's the power of God. And God will use you. God will use you. Um, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, the Apostle Paul says, I didn't come to you with eloquence. I didn't come to you with wise, persuasive words. But I did come to you with the Spirit's power, the power of the Almighty God, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. God uses ordinary people just like you and I. He uses ordinary people to go out and change the world. So Christ is working in you. He's working in your weaknesses, and he's working through you. And as you begin to prepare for 2016, I want to encourage you to think, what could God do this next year? With the power of an almighty God, what could God do in your life? What could God do in our church? Imagine what God could do in our church in 2016 if we would just focus in on the power of the mighty God. If we would let the Almighty God, this Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas, if we would let Him get a hold of our life, if we would give Him more space, more opportunity, if we would get closer to this power, to this Jesus, and let Him transform us, and let Him transform the world around us. In Sydney, Australia, the the city of Sydney, Australia, it gets its power from a generator in the Hunter Valley, 100 miles away. Due to the resistance of the wires, some of the electricity is lost on the journey. Only about three-tenths of the power generated actually gets all the way to Sydney. If you want to experience the fullness of God's power, you better stay close to Him. You better stay close to Him. And that's my encouragement as we start the new year. 
Let's get close to Jesus. Next week, we're going to begin a series. We're going to talk about setting our, the new course for our new year in our life, in our church, what God is going to do. But it begins right here, getting close with Jesus, coming and letting his power take over in your life. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I'd like to invite you to respond to the mighty God. The mighty God has, uh, has given all. He came to, the, to this earth in a humble way and he ended up on the cross and he paid for your sin. He gave it all that you might have eternal life. And so today, if you have not started a relationship with him, I'd like to give you that opportunity to begin a relationship with God, to accept his offer of love and forgiveness. Invite him into your life. If that's you today, you can just quietly, inside, in your heart, pray something like this to the Lord. Dear God, I come before you and I need you. I need Jesus, the mighty God. I'm a sinner. I've fallen short of your glorious standard. And I invite you into my life today. You died on the cross, Jesus. You proved that you were mighty when you came back to life again. And I invite you into my life. God, I want you to change my life. I need all that you can offer because you are mighty. If you prayed that prayer today, I would like to encourage you to share that with somebody, to, to respond and let somebody else know that God has met with you this morning. And for others, maybe you haven't been living uh, according to the power of God. You've kind of drifted away. You've been trying to run this Christian life on your own. You've been trying to do this your own way, trying to make your own things happen. And, and God says, just come to me. I have all the power. I even work in your weakness. Will you just lay it at his feet this morning? Maybe you came in here with some major, major issues. Will you lay it at his feet and let his power take over? Father God, we come before you. We thank you for all that you're doing. God, I ask that you will let your power reign in our church, that the mighty God will be evident. When people walk into this place, they will know that they've met with Jesus. Lord, when they meet our people in their homes and in their communities, would you let them spread the love of Jesus Christ through your mighty power? God, we're so thankful for who you are. We just ask that you will meet with us now as we sing our closing song. In your name we pray, amen. Let's stand together as we begin our closing of our song. If you'd like to come and kneel and pray, feel free to do so. Let's respond to the Lord. He made a way in a manger to make a way to the cross. Longing for a Savior a hopeless world would wait Sin demanded justice At a price we could not pay But God displayed His mercy The greatest gift of love When we could not reach heaven Heaven came to
wonderful singing today. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say hello, goodbye as you leave today? We'll see you next week.